welcome to another episode of the power of perspective with Stephen. i'm your host Stephen ritchie and today we have a captivating episode in store for you joining us is stephen butler a language enthusiast who has embarked on a remarkable journey with spokipona a constructed language known for its simplicity and profound impact. In this interview, we delve into Stefan's experiences with the language, exploring power of language in shaping our perspective. Thanks for joining us, Stefan. How are you doing today? Thank you very much, Stephen. Um, uh, I think that was even a generous introduction. I think I'm just a guy that gets all types of itches and then I go scratch the itch before I look, well, before I wake up, I, I, I've gone way too deep. <laughs> but yes, I think this is an interesting story. Yeah, I know. I look forward to it. Um, I'm hearing snippets here and there when Stefan's on one of his many learning journeys. You get to check in here and there and you get to see the progress and that's that's quite cool. Tell us a bit about yourself and uh, yeah, what got you into Tokipona? You know, I'm actually a, a software developer. Well, that's how I was trained. I've been working for many years. These days, I run a small software company called TrueVolve Technologies and we are actually working where we work in technology to authenticate documents offline. Basically, this whole Tokipona language learning thing um, started maybe just over, maybe 18 months ago, no, almost two years ago. I'm not quite sure how one falls into these holes on the internet because, you know, you, you start learning, to, you hear about something and you go down the hole and you click on a link and then, oh, this is quite interesting. So, Anyway, for years I've been aware of, um, and, I, and I even learned a little bit, um, something called Esperanto. Um, Esperanto is, a con, is, is also a constructed language. Okay, and there are whole, there are so many of them out there. If you think of Lord of the Rings, right? The Elven language that Tolkien created. This is a conlang. Yes. Um, they, they are Klingon is a is a is a conlang. Yeah, yeah. uh, and and people don't people don't appreciate how deep people go in these things. The Bible has been translated to Klingon, right? Um, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. You can go check it out. Yeah, that seems um, like a fairly large source material. <laughs> no, exactly. And I mean, and and each one of these worlds have their, their own fan base and all the like a little subculture going. To um, just rope in there, when you say constructed languages, maybe to the viewers just give a bigger outline of what does that mean? <laughs> well, a constructed language is a man-made language. Uh, somebody really smart, usually a linguist, goes and he sits and he, he goes and he says, okay, I want to create a new language with a specific goal. So Tolkien created this language with a specific goal to kind of, you know, the, the phonetics of that language is to kind of sound kind of mystical and um, wise and ancient. And so he designed that language to be like, and he designed a writing system with it. And it also was supposed to look kind of fancy and, you know, so it had all of these goals that he wanted to achieve with this language that they designed. Klingon, for example, now they had other goals. They wanted to sound futuristic and really wanted to sound like rough, you know, and for this warrior race, rah, 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 you know, and it has these, the phonetics of it has this really hard sounds, right? But at the, at the same time, it has to be a real language. You have to be able to say anything. So, you know, in programming languages, we have this, this concept of Turing completeness. Programming language is Turing complete, it can do a vast variety. It's considered like it's a real programming language. Uh, in linguistics, I have a similar set of concepts. Like if you can do these things, 
it's a proper language. You can say anything. It's all about you, cre you create a conlang. It's human-created language, always created with a specific goal. Now, in, I think it was 1912, there was this guy that created Esperanto. I think he was Polish. And Esperanto is a conlang that the guy created at the time. And the idea was that it was a language that was supposed to be very easy to learn. It had a very a relatively low word count, a word count of like a couple of thousand words. And, you know, in, in a lot of these Scandinavian and, okay, I don't know, so Scandinavian, but definitely like language like German and French, you, every word, every noun has feminine, masculine properties. Um, these things get super, super complicated. The, so, you know, in, in Afrikaans and the French, you have double negatives. It's like these things are so complicated. And this is why languages are so hard to learn. So in Esperanto, it was a really, really good attempt to kind of just throw out all the complicated stuff, take the essence of it and create a a really s a simplified language. I can now, okay, so be, I don't want to be critical of Esperanto. Esperanto has like 200,000 speakers. It is, people speak it as a first language. Some people today, like a hundred years later, this language is up and running and it's, and it's a man-made language. Um, and there's like whole communities, like, and there's some faiths these days that there are some religions that actually speak, or they encourage the people, people of their faith to, um, speak Esperanto. Oh, sorry. And, and one of the sorry, the goals of Esperanto was it should be easy to learn for anybody. This guy was actually quite successful at it. Okay, but he had some problems. First of all, it was 1912. He didn't have the internet, right? He didn't have all the resources that we have today. He didn't have all languages weren't so well published and. The phonetics of Esperanto is very Eurocentral. The types of sounds they make, like it has fricatives, it has some hard sounds in it, some sounds that confuses, for example, Chinese speakers. So now come around the year 2000, uh, there's this uh, woman called Sonia Lang, and she goes and she, there's a whole story about it. You can read it on the internet. Um, she was suffering from depression and she, and she had to, like all these philosophies around it. And if you can try and simplify your thoughts, how do you go about it? Uh, she designed this language called Tokipana. And what she aimed for with this language was to take simplicity to the next level. And she, she just basically asked the question, what is the least amount of words you need for, for a language? Yeah. Okay, right. So, and how would that work? How would that be put together? So, if I can tell you, you can be able, today is the 17th of June. I can bet you, if you follow my instructions exactly and you spend 30 minutes a day until 17 July, you and I will be able to have at least a partial conversation. In Tokipona. I mean, that's you quite can... an amazing thing, right? <laughs> if you think the sheer struggle to learn, a, you know, a foreign language like you know it's... German or Chinese or whatever. We're talking years. Like geniuses do it in four or five months, right? <laughs> yeah, um... I mean, it's such a barrier because I mean, a lot of people will, you know go to another country but never learn the language because it's daunting and you know i'd rather not converse with the local population than take this massive effort to absorb you know almost many years and decades of a language that's languages that have kind of built up and built up and now you've just got to absorb it in one go right the average english speaker needs to 
knows about 40,000 words, right? 40,000, right? If you're going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to learn one word a day, how many words is going to take you to learn 40,000 words? How many years is it going to take, you know? Learning a language is a huge thing. It's this, um, it's a really, really challenging endeavor. I have a question to pose. Yes, please. So, constructed languages, you know, they've now sort of become a different part of history, I think, but they're becoming quite popular in quite modern times. The ideas of them, at least, are much more than they were, I think. But what's the issue of, like, traditional language, right? Why is constructed language um, superior? And what, what went wrong with your typical languages that have developed naturally in the world? Like, why, why are they so hard to learn? Like, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> like, okay. and, and you know, why, why is their structure not how it could be, you know? Why is it at the point that these things that everyone's using can be, you know, so much improved? Like, obviously there's some flaw going on there. I think it's just natural for a language to evolve. I believe that if you were to go back in time, you'd even find more variety in, well, there weren't so many people. But the thing is just more groups were isolated groups would speak more different dialects of a language. But now with common media and common English, it's just a much more media going on. I think that divergence of language has kind of been clamped down a little bit, right? But if, if you ask me, why is natural languages so chaotic? you know, which is the way I, I can't phrase it anywhere else. I think it's just the same reason why legacy code and software is chaotic, right? <laughs> it's just, there was a time when it made perfect sense. A year later, somebody made a joke about a word, and then that, that the word kind of morphed into something else. Then the word morphed into something else. Then the spelling changed. Then, And I, I think it's just this. Every word has a history that is so long. Now, I would not say that's necessarily a negative thing because there's a lot of depth and richness in natural languages and this has value in expression um, so poets you know the way a good poet can kind of weave um, the, you know words together in ways that I can't even imagine and I, I sometimes wonder would they be able to do it that well if each word didn't have so much richness and culture embedded in it that's hundreds of years old so I'm not critical of it I am critical of some spelling especially uh, you know so French spelling oh, English spelling as well but you know Afrikaans spelling is also the, the key issue with spelling that, that comes to mind <laughs> Once I, I think it's the same issue um, well it's legacy let me put it this way I have, a, I have a friend she lives in Taiwan she would tell me with pride in their eyes and bursting her chest they in Taiwan they use traditional Chinese writing okay where mainland China went over to simplified Chinese writing and I'm like if I want to learn I'd rather learn the simplified thank you very much it just you know I don't want to learn about every little twist every because it's legacy that you're dragging along that doesn't add value necessarily she would argue it adds artistic value and cultural value but you know so you know so there's, there's so much depth in these things and so yeah so you know language 
can be beautiful and there can be a lot of richness as you say in naturally sort of developed language but um, yeah as the system sort of example like you know there's a, a core concept and then someone adds to it and it's like this is like kind of a monolith building and then someone adds to it and so it's almost at a point you need to pause and be like yeah let's rethink this thing and you know rebuild it but the thing with I think natural language is that you can't just put pause and be like yeah guys we're just restarting uh, you know uh, English <laughs> you know exactly. then everyone's got to re- adopt re-adopt English <laughs> and so in this you've got laws natural... you've got religions and you've you know all this history even with constructed languages that gets adopted they also suffer of this but they start building legacy over time so I don't think this is something that constructed languages are immune to either. But sometimes, starting with a clean slate, there's, an, there's a very well-known South African constructed language called Fanagalo. Have you ever heard of this? Uh, Fanagalo is um, a language that was designed um, by the, I'm not sure if it was the government or the mining companies in, I think, in the 80s or 70s in South Africa. So, you know, back then, you know, about the government at the time, they, they had so many workers that they got from different parts of South Africa and Botswana and Zimbabwe. They just, and they all spoke different languages. So they designed a language called Fanagalo. That's it. Some linguists designed the language. My understanding is that it was based in some, uh, that it had some elements of a, a variety of African languages and it was designed to be easy to learn. And, and a lot of the, the vocabulary was designed for the purpose of working in mind. So they had words for like, a, I don't know, shovel and tap and all types of things. And for years and years and years, you had to do, if you wanted to work on the mine, you had to do a qualification in Fanagalo. Even today, there's like uh, all people used to work in the mine, so they, they can still speak Fanagalo. Constructed languages, actually, that is actually the, the best practical example outside of like fantasy that um, where people use uh, con- conlangs. Yeah, no, it's definitely got valuable sort of use cases. And so you've got uh, Toki Pono that hits the scene, right? And, yes. you know, um, why should we take notice? This constructed language sort of realm. Take note that this language is maybe 20 years old, right? Um, so it's early days. Apparently, they had a huge explosion during COVID. Unfortunately, I don't discover Toki Pono for myself after COVID. Um, so I, I was kind of late to the scene. So... I don't know how many people speak Tokipana um, at the moment. I think even that number is controversial because you, how do you measure it? At the moment, there aren't that many people that speak Tokipana. There may be like tens of thousands of people, um, but these people are very passionate about it and they are really making waves. All the linguists I've spoken to who look at Tokipana love it. Never mind what they think. I can just tell you why I love it. It is so clever and it's just, I, I like clever things. And, and it's just a, a very easy, a very simplified way of communicating. Uh, so, okay, so let me just get into the details a little bit. Tokipana is a language, the base language, the core of it has only 120 words, okay? That is, so if you start now, by tomorrow evening, you can have the whole dictionary memorized. Okay. Imagine you could do that for any other language. If you memorize the whole English dictionary, you, you can't necessarily speak it. You know, I was told apparently, uh, yeah, it was a while back, there was a guy that won 
uh, like a Scrabble tournament in France, but he, but he can't speak French. <laughs> um, so um, he just memorized the you know the, the dictionary. So that's an um, example of um, our current school system style. <laughs> yes. No, but we'll get into that. Uh, that's yeah, that's... Um, having the knowledge versus applying it. <laughs> yes. No. It's uh, you know it's parrot learning, which has value, but you can't apply it necessarily. Yeah, you can. Um, so you can learn the whole language and you know over a weekend i learned the whole language over a weekend um when we went to we were flying to helping for uh, for the to Durban for a wedding or something and i uh, used used flashcards and i memorized the whole thing and when i got home i knew i knew all the words um you know how convenient is that so, but now you have to get into the grammar a little bit i followed when i learned it originally i did the original the, the classic style of learning you learn the words then learn the grammar then you try practice it a little bit i don't recommend this style of learning we'll get into that my goal with Tokipona is I just want to be able to have a conversation with him. Uh, and my goal is to do it in three months. Within six weeks, I was able to get on Discord and I had the rudimentary conversation with some woman who lives in Canada. Apparently, she's big in the Tokipona community. A small language is making waves because you can learn it really easily and it is universal. When design, the designers of this language took the phonetics of all the languages on earth into account uh, when they designed this language. So there's not a single sound uh, that, you know, as part of the phonology of Tokipona that is hard for any other language to speaker in the world. So because for, apparently um, some Eastern languages, people have really have trouble uh, is saying f some fricatives uh, and, and some of this uh, more harsh sounds that we have in the, the, the you know kind of Germanic language like and, <laughs> you know uh, so and uh, so all those things are just out of the window Tokipona itself it has only 232 syllables English has like 16,000 syllables yeah. um, <laughs> possible syllables that you can put together um, so and the spelling itself, you know, I was complaining about French spelling earlier. So there's this word, uh, so the word for bird in, in French is wasso. Um, I'm not going to try and <laughs> spell it because it's just like, I think it's just, it's just the most insane word to try and spell. But in Tokipona, it's just W-A-S-O. Yeah. It's just so simple. Um, anybody who reads Tokipona, uh, Tokipona sentence will read it correctly. Almost guaranteed. Look, something like Tokipona, I don't think it should ever be something that people should even try and speak as their first language. It's a simplification of language. But the value is that if, if, if I were to go to Hong Kong, I think people in Hong Kong speak good English. It's a, I don't, I don't know, maybe in uh, you know, South America, or there's lots of places in the world where people speak no English. And we need to communicate, build something that's really important in the world, right? Yes. Or we want to negotiate peace or something, you know, something we need to communicate directly. And we need to get on the same page in record time. Tokipana is definitely, in my opinion, the best, well, I think it's the best way of doing it. Like I said, 30 days and we can have a conversation. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not even trying hard. If you try hard, I think uh, if, if you try hard, you can learn 
Tokipona really well in two weeks. They made different writing systems for Tokipona. So the, let's say the most popular writing system for it is actually hieroglyphs, okay? Yeah. Because, I mean, we have a phonetic alphabet in English and Afrikaans and these languages. You know, we, we, we spell out the letters that you're saying. But if you, are, if you have only 120 words, why not just have a picture for every word, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so you have a lot more glyphs going on. And if you think of how memes can kind of just go wild, I think if a, a big population of people start taking up Tokipona and they start using this kind of hieroglyphic type of system for their writing, I think um, like emoticons would go to next level crazy. <laughs> um, and I also think a lot of things will become more visual and a lot of things will become simplified. Now, look, there are people that will say if a lot more people speak Tokipona they, that the world will have less depression for reasons I can get into. They get very philosophical about it. So uh, I, also... I would say maybe it's a, it'd be a nice little thing to tap into. So yeah. I'm sort of trying to envision like say the, the whole South Africa speaks just a, a very effective um, constructed language which you know could be Tokipona but it's just the idea of we're all onboarded on this universal constructed language and no. yeah, as you said, it will have an effect, right? And you've already alluded to um, the pressure. Talk about maybe the effects for okay. and so, maybe other, yeah. So I just want to stress my previous point. I don't, it, it definitely shouldn't be the first, the first language, but let's say everybody in the country has a speaker as a third, second or yes, third so language, but to speak it well. Yeah. Um, I think people will much easier be able to, well, first of all, people will be able to learn it much easier, but people will be able to just converse in a, it's just, it's, it will be a common ground. It's a, a, I mean, this is what the language is, right? If I, if I go to somewhere in the, uh, the depths of Limpopo, um, you know, and somebody this just speaks Shangan, it is, and they don't speak English, it is really hard to connect to this person, you know, uh, and, and to help this person. Um, or of this person to help me, you know, I might be the one in trouble. Yeah. So it's I almost, think it, will, uh, it can almost be alienating from people to like, you know, that group of people doesn't understand that group of people. So, you know, they can't really maybe converse with them and maybe form even, you know, well-informed sort of opinions and things, right? It's something to connect over. Yeah. That is the, the, the big thing. And it is, uh, but I like to say, I actually think the main value of Tokipona is the ease, how easy it is to acquire. Otherwise, I would just say, well, you know, we can just all learn English and it has many other advantages, um, like, you know, you can just slot in with the Americans and you can do work, do American work. That, that has tons and tons and tons of advantages. But the fact that Tokipona is so easy to learn has a lot of value. Okay, so there's another reason why, why learning Tokipona has, um, oh, let's say a conlang like Tokipona has value. So there's an um, interesting analogy. You know, in, in a lot of countries, all the kids in school has to learn the recorder, right? Yeah. It's not because we want the army of recorder players, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's because we want people to, uh, because we want to teach these kids the concept of music, and to make them more aware of these these things. So, so if you have somebody learn another language, 
you know, so, okay, we are now going to learn Oza for, you know, in a year. You can't do it in a year. You have to, unless you are super, super, super dedicated. But something like Tokipona, you can do it a class and you can learn it in a couple of weeks. And then you can give them this, you can give children this experience of learning a language. What does it feel like to not being able to, to listen to that soundtrack, like a story, or watch a show and you have no idea what's going on. And then now that you go later, a couple of months later, you watch it again and you laugh at the jokes and it's like, uh, it's a completely like this, this blah, 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 changed into, oh, I actually get what's going on. And it's a funny story. And yeah. uh, this whole experience, I think is a super valuable experience that has to be given to, to children. Yeah. Adding um, subtitles to the world around us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and just, so it's just not tongue, tongue in cheek, you know, uh, and maybe just all shows should be dubbed to Tokipona then. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Tokipona takes like this really sort of refined and calculated approach. And as you said, like languages are really big and complex and Tokipon is very simplified and small sort of vocabulary of words. How does, how does it take this big, like almost behemoth monster thing and condense it? In, you know what I mean? How, how does yeah. that bridge get crossed? The short answer is what Tokipona does is it, 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 it has a dictionary of words that is very carefully selected to be core concepts. Each of these words, you can string a bunch of these words together to build up a more complicated concept. Yeah. And the speaker and the, the, the listener will understand what you meant depending on the um, context. Okay, so let me put it this, let me, let me just give you some, just give me give you a rough idea. Um, if I say I'm drinking red liquid, it doesn't really help, right? Yeah. If I'm saying I'm sitting on a nice, I'm on a beautiful farm yeah, and I have a beautiful, uh, uh, and it's a beautiful view and there's beautiful plants around me and I'm drinking a red liquid out of a, a long glass, I think you have more sense of what I'm drinking, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and just so in, this, in this example, I just made the point that red liquid can mean different things, right? So now, depending on the context. So in Tokipona, they take this to the extreme, right? So there's, there's typically a word for for liquid. The word is telo. Now, telo pimeya, uh, pimeya means black. Telo pimeya would be, uh, is generally accepted to be coffee. Sorry, you, in, in Tokipona, you put your adjectives after the noun. So, so you say liquid black or liquid red. Telo pimeya is, um, is typically considered to be coffee, where telo yellow, the yellow is yellow, just like in English. Sorry, some words are exactly the same in English. Some words are exactly the same in French. Some words are exactly, they borrowed words from all over to, to make the, um, to, to create the language. Sort of giving examples, when you do a typical Tokipona sentence, what, what is the kind of just the basic structure? So, you know, in English, um, you know, I guess uh, the other whole subject, maybe, you know, you have, is it a verb, adjective, noun, you know, that kind of idea. So this yes. builds up. But when you construct a Tokipona sentence, how do you build it up in just a generic um, sort of? The general structure is the same as in English. Okay. Um, and this was a design decision because 
uh, uh, you know, they wanted to make it as easy as possible to learn for most speakers. And this general structure, I'm sorry, I, uh, it is uh, subject, verb, object, right? And this basic structure is the same in English. I believe it's the same in French. It's the same in uh, all these exceptions, right? But it's it's the same in a lot of languages. So so they they kind of decided to stick to that. You know, apparently a lot of a lot of people are very. It's one of the big things that people are critical of. They're like, why don't you just use English as um, general structure? That's the only thing they used about English, right? Uh, and and a couple of words, a couple yeah. of words like yellow. They took a couple sips from the poison chalice, you know. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. Just just enough to get something going, but not yeah. to bring in the flaws of of, of a English. Is there any like key things people dislike about it? Like- um. So the the main criticism is that. Because it has so few words, uh, some and and you have just basically these these basics going on. So, uh, a lot of people say, "Ah, Tokipona is not even a real language, right? It's not even a real language." Yeah. Well, it's not a natural language, definitely not. You can't say anything. Apparently, there's a guy who got so offended by the statement, he went and he made videos teaching geometry <laughs> or something like really complicated using the, the, the language. There's another another guy that was also offended by people calling it not a real language. They went and they created a, a real contract, legal contract using the language. Now, it is really hard to do these things that has to be really precise because you have to like string a lot of words together to kind of build this concept. Or you have to say, um, I'm talking about this concept. I'm now going to refer to it as this. Now that I'm using this in this context, you kind of have to build up the context uh, for exactly. Let's touch on these little sort of um, building blocks that we're kind of alluding to. So firstly, you've got, you'll have a, a simple word um, that you can build with a concept. And so let's, let's start with that because the next would be taking a complex concept up or, you know, selection of words that are quite precise and building that up. And then, and then how you, and then context itself, how do you use context? So let, let's start with a little small word. This will just paint the picture of turning this idea of concepts and stringing into just more of a visual <laughs> or auditory yeah. visual, if you know what I mean. So let's do a, a, a simple word that you have to sort of create a talkie pona for, a vineyard or something. Uh, so, so for vineyard, uh, let me just think about this. Um, uh, so, so it depends a little bit um, uh, if you want to be specific about the, the place or the actual vine, right? But let's say we're talking about the place, the vineyard. So then I would say, Mapi Kasi Telo Nasa. So like you have to think about it for a moment. So it's not that just obvious. Just in that one, just what are the Tokipono um, words slash Con- concept? Yes. Just, just, just like almost, so you know what I mean? what I said was place of red fruit of funny liquid. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so you have to kind of start to think differently. So, but this is why it took me a moment to kind of construct yeah. this. No, um, it's quite, actually, so, in but, hindsight, it wasn't actually the simplest one I could have gone for. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was what popped into our mind. I think it, I like the example because it kind of shows how you have to kind of put these things, yes. these concepts together. And and like, and another speaker might have done it completely differently. Yes, right? but that's just, interesting. You wouldn't just say, uh, I know you'd say, ah, I come from the vineyard. Our conversations typically goes, ah, oh, you know, I, I just came from the place of plants. Uh, oh, what what type of plants is it? Ah, oh, it's plants with small red fruit uh, used for making funny liquid, yeah. right? The, the one of the main values of learning Tokipana is it learn, teaches you to think differently about 
things that you would normally because when you learn a language you learn to think you don't quite understand it until you're there like oh it's the the perspective is completely different and that's why you speak differently about about things what is the experience like of thinking in this way for me i find it very enjoyable but i think i'm a little bit strange <laughs> <laughs> i will sit and think ah oh, you know how do i say this in tokipona try and translate songs in tokipona in my head or, or describe things in tokipona i just find it like a fun little puzzle how would i describe vineyard in tokipona it's actually a little bit of a challenge but oh yes i came up with this cool solution i, I tell my partner sarah it's like a playing a dictionary but you only have squares triangles and circles yeah. so you have to kind of build a telephone booth <laughs> and you have to use the least amount of squares triangles and circles and you know put them together that's kind of the analogy yeah it's almost like playing hangman you got to get to the point fast but you've also got to kind of yes. bring the different concepts and, and the more you practice the bigger you get out of it like these people some of these people that speak a lot of talking about they just go and, but I'm not the, I can't follow it. Okay, well, that much that fast. Um, are there um, key words slash concepts that are popularly used slash maybe very useful in today-to-day sort of ones that kind of, you know, recurringly sort of see? Look, because there's only 120 words, all of them are important. Yes, um, yes. So, so I'm not going to uh, try and I, I can't uh, say this one's more important than that one. But there are some interesting ideas that I think is interesting to think of. And once again, you learn to think differently when you learn this language. So the word long in Tokipona typically means yes. The thing about Tokipona is the same word can have multiple meanings depending on context. So if you look at the definition of a word, it's like it can mean this or this or this or this. So you kind of learn to kind of generalize this as this fuzzy idea and this, this fuzzy idea of exist actually is what long means. Uh, oh, that, you know, I put the milk on top of the fridge or, <laughs> or, add, or inside the fridge or I'm sticking it to on the fridge or I got to the fridge door. In Tokipona, all those words are the same word. <laughs> all right? Yeah. You have to use the word, I, you'll have to kind of say, I give it, I, I, I make it exist at the fridge, under, <laughs> or something, or inside, or something. So, uh, so this idea long is like existence, or true, or, and then there's also different ways of asking questions. Um, so the way you ask a question in Tokipona is you, so you just, you wouldn't say, what are you eating? I were to ask you, what are you eating? And you'd say, I am eating berries. Okay. In Tokipona, you would just kind of say the same thing, but the part that you're inquiring about, you just say, what? So, 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 sorry, it's more like a blank space or something. So I would just say, eating what? Um, And you'd say, I'm eating berries. It's also a weird way of asking questions. Um, There's there's so many aspects. I think all these ideas are interesting. They're also the way, another way of asking questions, like it's exactly the way it's used in Chinese, but I'm going to butcher that if I try and explain that. So, and I think a lot of people are just going to find this around very boring if I go down that road. So the next is sort of, context because um i imagine you know even in like english and normal languages you get a lot more meaning through context well you get clarity through it right yeah and so you can use that to explain specific things when you've without the context something might mean a you know apply to multiple things and in a smaller vocabulary that may happen more often so how do you utilize context 
this is the one of the biggest pitfalls of Tokipona, right? Especially if you have video or if you have audio only calls. How do you get on the same page? So I remember um, the first time, just by the way, the, like the Tokipona community are just, they're amazing people and they're so friendly and they're just like, oh, yeah, I'll teach you, I'll teach you, I'll teach you. <laughs> very, very passionate and very excited. So there's this guy who lives in, in the Netherlands and he says, injured himself with his Sikatu, okay? And I'm like, what the hell is a sikatu? So in, in Tokipona, sika is a circle. Two is the, the, is the number two. And what he was talking about is, and now he, he in my opinion, at the time he was shortening it maybe to extreme, but he was talking about his bicycle. He fell with his bicycle, his two circle. But then he said, ah, tomotawa sikatu, which means um, moving um, vessel of two wheels, but but then I was just so confused about what on earth is a sikatu, and then uh, I just couldn't get it. But he, he explained it perfectly. But I was just being slow. To make it worse, uh, let me get into that. Uh, you know, um, you almost make me think of a in that case a scenario where you know, someone's maybe got a, a dictionary and they're trying to converse with a person of a foreign language, and yeah. they're like, you know, <laughs> trying to say the building. So they're like a square. Uh, door enter <laughs> you know that, what I mean so. it, it, it is that is pretty much it yeah. that, it's very it, that's a very good example if, if, if you come from a country where you don't build your, your building square you build them in teepees you know <laughs> you can have trouble understanding what's going on so but this is why the concepts of Tokipona they really tried to make you know, to you may have universal concepts um, and you should try and string them together they really try to kind of avoid that so people should be able to build context but it's much easier to speak Tokipona if you can see the person if you can point to things um, that just makes it a lot easier it's, it's interesting it seems how like a child entering the word world learning language would almost approach it you know like a, a kid learns concepts first right yeah and they you know they get the idea of you know parent food and if you you know even if you signal x you get y and then they build on you know context and the more intricacies and how to converse at a sort of higher level right you know i think you as a as a new father you're probably going to experience this but yeah. yeah 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 it's also like a whole topic should i be teaching my 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 children Tokipona, right? Uh, the answer is for, for me, definitely yes. But what's the value there? Well, like I said, in my opinion, it's very much the same value as the, the, as the recorder. But it'll just be fun, having a little secret language. <laughs> to, yeah, to... You can have little inside jokes, and, you know, little family fun. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and you know, kids learn fast, right? If you're ever going to teach it, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's like it really should be very easy to yeah. learn for a child. So, Tokipona sort of has this idea of uh, promoting mindfulness and, you know, um, simplicity. I sort of want to go into that before we move more into the specifics of the maybe the language okay. itself. Yeah. So, the, the creator of the, the language, you know, I, you know, it's creator of the language, Sonia La, she apparently created the language as not actually to, with the goal of being a simple language, easy to learn. She actually created it to help her simplify her thoughts. Um, and the idea is kind of how do you, uh, so, and as an aid for simplifying her own thoughts. So the idea was, you know, if, if you have depression, you have to decide this, this kind of runaway thoughts that just can make you obsess about 
you know, in hindsight, always silly ideas or, um, or, or things that you should just, just let go of. And you're, you're making it more complicated, more complicated than just adding layers and layers of complexity. And the idea is that if you, um, if you have a language that, is, that forces you to break everything down to the core concepts, maybe you can think on, on top of these topics with more clarity. To, to, uh, if you are forced to break it down to simpler words uh, with that can have multiple meanings and blah, 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 but you break it to go to the, down to the core concepts, maybe you can break this down, maybe you can simplify your um, thought processes and um, help with things like depression. And I mean, this is, you know, the, one of the big things about mindfulness, of, uh, you know, it's about learning what what's going on how are you how how is your being you know what learning more about how does your brain work yeah being mindful about how the thought processes work i, I buy into it. it's just i haven't really um that i i fortunately i don't suffer from depression so this is not really something i connect to well with it very well but it's a um very but it is it's definitely definitely interesting take on it and a lot of people take that very, yeah. very seriously you know yeah when someone's maybe dealing with sort of depression quite complex there's a lot going on and you know i think in therapies often that they do is they take the complexity of you know what's going on and what they're experiencing but then they try to find like what's really going on and you know th those are more core maybe this happened to you or you know you've got this issue or you're struggling with this or it's not, maybe not what the person said but what that like means to you and kind of that breaking it down to to really understanding as you said yourself and what's going on and sort of the inner workings of you know what what's core of this rather than the complexity and symptoms because it always breaks down to something right? so I, yeah. that would be what I, my thoughts on maybe where that's coming from yeah when you were learning Toki Pona, um, this is maybe even an advice column, but insights into learn, the learning process and strategies for effectively, you know, acquiring this. We've sort of got an um, idea of time frame. How did you, and maybe even in future, how would you, beyond the timeline, you know, acquire this language effectively? Okay. So, yes, and you used the right word, acquire there. It's a, it's, it's a key word. So... They, like I said, when I learned Tokipana originally, I learned it the hard way. I did the flashcards, I did the grammar rules, I, you know, I listened to recordings, I tried to make sense of it, I was able to learn it. But it really took effort, and I wouldn't say it was particularly fun learning it that way. Okay, so about six months after I, I kind of got to a point when I, where I could actually kind of speak Tokipona. This guy appeared on the internet called Jan Telekoman. Um, he, I've never spoken to, to him directly in the Tokipona community. Um, I'm not, I'm not big on this community. I don't have enough time, but I, I kind of show my face now and then. Uh, and he created a YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is called Jan, Jan Telekoman. So let me just explain this. Every time I talk about somebody in the Tokipona community, I always say Jan Telekoman. So Jan just means person, but it's the, a noun that you use before, which basically means I'm now going to say a name. It's a person with this name. So Jan Telekoman. Telekoman is the, the name he, kissed, he chose for himself. So I would be Jan Seban. Um, that is, that's my name. So he made a series of videos that, and he called it the 30-day Tokipona Challenge. The 30-day Tokipona Challenge is um, he created these series of short videos and they're not language lessons. 
it's just him sitting there with pictures and a marker and drawing, telling the story, these lessons of this. Each episode is between 10 and 25 minutes, and he's just there telling a little funny story, okay? And he tells the story in Tokipona from the beginning, but because he's kind of there pulling faces and drawing pictures and kind of pointing to things and making funny sounds or whatever, you understand exactly what's going on, yeah. okay? And uh, you're supposed to watch one of these a day for 30 days, and then after the 30 days, he has an interview with you in Tokipona. And he has had some most, so he's only had interviewed like six people now or something. Uh, but most of them has been very successful at actually picking up the language just by listening to his stories. Okay. Yeah. But he didn't invent this methodology. This methodology of just telling stories. Um, now this is this strategy to it. I can get into it. Um, so, so, but what happens is there's this guy, guy who, who came up with the, the comprehensible input hypothesis. As long as you understand what is going on, the, as long as you understand the story, that doesn't mean what aids you use. doesn't matter if somebody is literally dancing out the story and pulling faces and pointing to everything. As long as you could understand what's going on while the, the person's speaking the, the language, then your brain will be subconsciously be acquiring the language. And this is a slower way of learning language. It's a way of embedding it in your brain in a natural way. So when you learn things this way, you don't easily forget it. And, this, and the idea is that you... Each, with each story that you watch, your brain makes more connections. So, ah, oh, that's the word the guy used in that story to, for, for in that context, blah, 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 blah. And each story is very carefully designed to just be, just to introduce like a couple more words and a couple more words, just be a little bit more complicated. And, and towards the end, the, the stories are quite philosophical and quite complicated. In the beginning, it's like the stupidest story, just like, I can't remember, it's like the sheep was walking and then he ate some cheese or something, you know, it's just like really, really simple. But then it, it, it ramps up and becomes really quite complicated towards the end. And the most amazing thing is by the time you get to the later lessons and you go back to the first lessons, you, you're like, I can't believe this was so hard to understand in the beginning. Yeah. And, and you, yeah. It shows like a mixture of exposure to it being sort of utilized and just like the association. I see, okay, well, there's this idea of, um, I don't know, maybe a life. And then you, they say life, like someone's giving, you know, birth to a child and then they almost, maybe there's a bit of hand movement and you see a baby or something. And you also, now your brain is, has heard the word and it's, it's seen its meaning and it associates that while going through that? This is why they call it the, the natural way of learning yeah. languages, right? It's typically the way a child would learn a language. And I, I want to get back to this, but were you guys just, were you guys supposed to learn a second or third language? I guess you guys might have done some Afrikaans. Yeah, so did you guys do some Zulu or Kosa? So in my primary school, we did... Kosa um, and Kant, and in high school we transitioned to just English and Africa, and that was the standard okay. sort of setup. Okay, and you know very well that most people who come out of high school Afrikaans second language can't actually speak it. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, a lot of people don't didn't enjoy the class, and a lot of people don't really come out with much. Either. It's just it's a joke. Like you didn't learn a single thing. 
you have to remember memorize these things and uh, it's either too hard uh, for for kids to um, uh, yeah it, it's just a bad way to try and learn language unless you're going to be very academical about it like very I don't think that is how people naturally learn, learn languages. I feel quite strongly about this, that language syllabuses in schools and universities, well, not but, but want to learn languages, you will only go into that class and you and if they use a, a, compre, a comprehensible input type of sub, syllabus, I honestly believe people will get out of there and they will actually be able to speak the language. They might not be able to get the grammar right, but nobody cares. If you can speak the language and you can read it, it's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, the refinement so, comes over time. Yeah. Exactly. Just know that um, this is a very controversial topic among linguists. Just in talk in the Stoki Pona community, you once talked about like how the the lingo of the industry can just be like <laughs> so insane. You can yeah, no like a foreign language. You know, everyone thinks they know what's going on. They go to the dentist, but then you see two dentists having a you know in depth conversation, and there's jargon, and there's like <laughs> like the root canals is like hearing some sci fi you know explanation, or, and it's amazing. Like a feel everyone thinks they know is when you hear the the academics and the people really work in, into it, having a go at it. And a totally different experience and yeah you almost think i don't know what you're talking about like i get the idea that's a so root canal but i had they can talk about root canal for like you know 10 minutes straight and all the intricacies and uh, you know it's a different world yeah but and i had exactly that experience in i once joined the discord channel at Tokipona, and it's just these okay they were talking in english but they were talking about linguistics because these people are linguists, right? And they, they, they're doing like postgraduates or whatever in, in linguistics. And it's just, you, you forget how deep these topics go, right? I felt a bit, I thought about that story you told me. Like they're just using these terms and these, I was just, it just went over my head. I'm just like, how little I actually know about these things. You know, it's interesting yeah. when you say terms, the fact that, that they've been working in a while, yeah, is that there's common sort of quite complicated topics and concepts, um, you know, maybe how a surgery works or how that type of, you know, nerve yeah. response. And so to them, you can almost just say, you know, a word or two, they know the whole story. That yes. story, if to a non-dentist, would be a whole explanation of, un of getting someone to understand it. But once you've got, you, you've, you're at the level, you, they've gone through that process. So you've got all these complex topics that they've almost, when you mention it, they already know the whole discussion. And that means yeah. they've almost created concepts and string those together. So they all, if they speak, you know, say like five little sentences, and that actually might be five, like almost lessons that someone would have had to learn. Yeah. And so it's funny that they've, they've taken, you know, the language where it's language starts with little concepts then language builds into this kind of complex sort of you have to understand um you know 
broader concept like you know um uh, diffusion or something and then it yeah. gets once someone people have gone enough with that broader concept to an expert level it goes back to just saying well now there's a whole bunch of these these like very overarching collections of concepts and we yeah. just chain those together and now they've created a foreign language which to them is actually just like simple it's just english but it's yeah, just yeah it's, it's, yeah so the ebb and flow so this is what you wouldn't use to effectively in highly specialized things like that like you can like i said so there are people that went through the effort to try and see if it's possible to work um to do like this guy people that set up a contract and people that uh, that guy explain geometry but it, it's uncomfortable to do use tokipona for those things but just if, if you're going to use something to explain complicated topics like i don't know diffusion you would you would say you would, you would say oh, the, the the breaking up of things in the context of this thing and but then you would um, and then you say when i say this if i say breaking now that this that's actually what i'm talking about uh, and then you kind of you kind of have to kind of build the context up slowly like that uh, but if you kind of want to string these complicated topics together it, it is challenging the zoki point of the facets of it um the core ones so you've got this you know remarkable low word counts and that impact on communication and then yeah. i don't know if you want to break this down one by one and then you've got the phonetics and the pronunciation and then you've got you know easy spelling and yeah maybe just uh, maybe kind of build on those a bit um those three sort of key concepts and how they really give you a feel for the language this advantages of you know simplifying thought potentially but it makes it easy to learn the language has actually evolved a bit so if you learn the 120 words all tokipona speakers will be able to understand you but they are uh, the more experienced speakers typically use around 150 words for some understanding um so there's kind of 30 words that uh, they've Kind of, you can. Some people view them as now they are part of the proper language, the second version of the language, and then there's kind of these almost slang words that's kind of floating around um, that people sometimes use in very specific scenes. For example, as a word added for fear because people feel that's a core concept and uh, some some things like that. So there's um, in, in Tokipono itself, there's a little bit of evolution. Um. <laughs> there's a little bit of evolution, but there's a lot of. Every time people want to add a word, it's a very controversial thing, you know. Yeah, it's, it's probably reviewed as opposed to just inherently happening. People are pulling back their reins all the time, like, no, no, no more words. Because that's kind of the main thing of the language, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, strong to the philosophies while also expanding the usefulness and reach. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I think the is you know sticking to the core principles of language. You know that that's kind of the people that kind of tries and try and keeps the kind of a coherent body of knowledge to get it for other people to learn the language. The, I t- talked a bit about the phonetics and the um, and and the fact that is they only use all the sound, only sounds that are common to all languages. So there's no weird pronunciation. You know, like if you think about language like French, la France, you know, and uh, and clicks and all these weird things and. Uh, like a tokipona doesn't even have a does, it, it doesn't have those sounds because they deem that some people from some languages find those things hard to say and you know it, it doesn't have intonation like chinese it doesn't so it's just really they really try to make it 
yeah. really easy. You know, it's interesting. Um, there's almost uh, an advantage of inference. So when I learn like a, a new language and I don't know a word for something, I can't just, I can kind of just, just try to say what I'm saying, but I can't, if I don't know the word, I can't say that concept, you know. Yes. I don't know the word for, you know, atmosphere, you know. I, I can't actually say it. But in Tokipona, there's almost, you can infer, like, I can build it up. Yeah, you, you just have to build it up. Yes, yes. So you can actually essentially state a word without knowing it in a meaningful way that other people will accept, like, cool. Exactly. Man, this person exactly. Is not like... And know. it's fun. Yeah. It's like a little game you play all the time. Before we sort of move on to the, the writing systems, it'd be fun to sort of have a back and forth on just trying out some words. Um, I'll give you a challenge of throwing a word. <laughs> okay. You know, because that's part of the fun, I think, to the listeners. If people in the community are listening you know, exactly. to me, they're going to murder me, so but let's, let's, let's try. Let's have a, a couple of and make a game of it so uh, i'll build it up um so let's say uh computer oh uh ilu nampa nampa ilu nampa so um that that's a that's a popular translation ilu means two and nampa means number so number two um uh, but but uh, but that, that's a classic one other ones other people say ilu sona so il, uh, two of knowledge you know sona is knowledge yeah. it is sona so yeah that's... so my, my next one on that would be expanding that let's go so you've got a computer game with vikings fighting that's multiplayer <laughs> <laughs> okay something like so, you know clash of clans or something i don't know <laughs> yeah, I, have to, I, have to, I have to kind of describe that sina musi e musi pi ilosona taso musi ni Li musi pi musi utala. Okay, so so they, uh, and I'm not even done there. So so just what I said there is what I tried to say. You know, I'd say you are playing a game of computer. Um, this game is a game of fighting. Yeah. Uh, and then I and then and then the next sentence I'd say musi musi la yan Viking. Uh, Li Pakala, one one young Viking would be fighting another. Let's go into uh, philosophy. Uh, that's actually not that hard. Um, so I think people, when they talk about philosophy, they just say sona nasin. So nasin means way or road, knowledge of the way, and 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 often people use the word nasin as in nasin can mean road or way or journey. So and and so when people kind of use it in a kind of abstract sense, people understand it's kind of you know in a mystical way. So philosophy can maybe be. Uh, I, I think I think if you say sonanasin, I think people will kind of get it. You might if you want to maybe say religion, you'd say sonapin sewi. So that would be unasin kong, knowledge of divine way this of the way of the sky or something i mean when i was traveling in southeast asia i realized being able to say what i've mentioned hello how are you you know good thanks um yes. important yes no and thank you and goodbye with, with that you can get far just because that handles the use cases of the basics of interactions if you're yeah. buying something if you're not interested if you want to you know um 
you know, be courteous or you want to, it's just kind of the, anyway, that's the very basics. I found so, just with that, you, you can survive. You won't, you won't make friends with the locals, but you'll survive in daily basic interaction. So it is acceptable to kind of sometimes bring in words from other languages to kind of, because if there is no, you can't consider names of country names as part of words of your, your, so this 120 words obviously doesn't include South Africa. Right. Yes. Uh, or, or Pretoria. Yeah. Exactly. So, so this, so you can bring those things in. However, the big boy. Um, let's go with quantum entanglement. <laughs> so let me just explain um, quickly what that is because it's not everyone's familiar so quantum entanglement is on a like a quantum level on like a very microscopic level with atoms <laughs> and so on a change here so maybe um you know electron changing its spin here or in your marble um, extension of that is you know something happens here and then far far away something um happens in almost what what seems like response to it. Um, and that's just a mechanic that in our world will never happen, you know, instantaneous communication between two things. But in the micro world happens. And so if you had to say that in Tokipona, um, give it a go, have good luck. That's quite a hard okay. one. <laughs> so, so just, you know, obviously I just have to point out, it took you now like 40 seconds just to say it in English, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so in Tokipona, I will have to now come up with a way to explain. There won't be a single word. Kibin lili sike pi awen weka. So that I would, that might be the word I would come up with, which which would kind of mean little stone circle tries to keep together. Then. Then I have to come and go, and then I'll have to add actual sentence and stir it, right? I'll have to say, Taso kiwin lilini, Taso kiwinila, onali pakala e kiwini, li kiwin ante li pakala sama. Something like that. And I, I, sorry, like, I, I feel like if Tokipona purist listens to me now, they're going to butcher me. Um, try it when you break the one little rock. Um, another little rock also breaks. Yeah. Uh, that the other rock that's kind of the same also breaks. That's kind of what I would yeah, do. Yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, let's go into the. Um, <laughs> I'll I'll free you from this torment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not fluent in Tokipona. Like, uh, please, I'm I'm not fluent. I'm like a t- typical foreigner. I can't speak properly, but I, but I can I, I manage and I can. And I get ideas, but I've had some really nice conversations with people in Tokipana, and I, I thought that works well. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, um, Tokipana has this um, different types of sort of writing system: Sitelen Pona, Sitelen Sitelen, and Luca Pona. I'll leave it to you too. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'll quickly go through those. Um, Sitelen Pona is um, just Sitelen means picture. Pon, okay, sorry, the word pona means good. Toki means speak or language. So Toki pona means language of good. Sitling pona means picture, good pictures, right? But anyway, so Sitling pona is a hieroglyphic system that I talked about that literally describes a single picture to each, like one a glyph to each word. And it kind of looks like it's really cartoony and it's easy to write, easy to remember. It's, it's very cute um, if, if, you, if you look at it. Um, Sitelin uh, Sitelin is this much more complicated system that this guy came up with. It's it looks beautiful. It when you when you when you look at it, it it's it, and it's designed to be slow 
to write. So this is now part of the people that get very philosophical about it. They, it's designed to slow down and get, try and get you to really focus what you're doing and think about every word you are writing. But when you look at it to the result, these things look beautiful. It looks like, I, I keep seeing, I think about Mayan writing, you know, these kind of bubbly type of hieroglyphic pictures type of things um it looks i think it looks really really cool um i can't write sitlin sitlin just because i haven't had the time to learn it yet i can write sitlin pona somewhat um okay then the last one sitlin uh look up on it's not a writing system it is a sign language because you only have 120 words so i want to come up with 120 signs and then you can speak underwater for example right and um, and there are it, like there are peop- tons of people on Tokipana community that sign to each other, um, and they take it very seriously. I haven't had the chance to learn Tokipana yet. When I spy, spend more time into this. Um, I, I will get into it some more. And so, yeah, the echo when you're writing it, um, yeah, it sort of looks like symbols and such, as as you sort of said. And so it's interesting. And then, yeah, the, when you're saying it though, it's 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 these concepts. Yes. It does seem sort of reminiscent of how the you know the Egyptians or any sort of hieroglyphical languages thought about language and uh, stored meaning, right? I think Sitlin Sitlin actually uses image per syllable instead, and not per word. And uh, so you know, um, there's also the, the well beyond this. There's even more creative aspects to this language you know in art in music and mm. modern days we've got to have memes right it keeps us <laughs> keeps us alive <laughs> yeah um but how have those all sort of uh, contributed to Tokipona, you know communities creative um, and cultural expression some people have been in, th- in this community since the very beginning right but i can just tell you what i've seen they are people that um, there's this one guy uh, on YouTube called Jan Poliman. Uh, I think he's a graphic designer or something and um, all I know about him otherwise he lives in a very cold place um, but uh, because he posts these videos that he's always in snow in YouTube he made this really cute animation video that's kind of like um oh people there are too many people and people go to the stars and people give each other tokipona and oh, it's this cute animation i'll send it to you and it's re- really good probably i thought it's really cool there's lots of things like that and the memes are hilarious i'm i, I just kind of follow the facebook group and just i uh, get uh, chuckles <laughs> it's definitely chuckle worthy the music is this is a surprisingly big scene. And I know the effort that goes into doing that. These people spend, they make, they produce really, really good music. This is one woman called Jan Usawi. I don't have no idea what's her real name. That she created like a whole album, professionally produced Tokipona music. And it's really, really cool. Uh, it's, on, it's on my daily playlist. I listen to it every day. It's really, really nice. There are, of course, tons and tons of amateurs. People cover um, traditional popular songs and to just convert the words to Tokipona all the time. All the shanties and all these things have been uh, translated yeah. to Tokipona. And, you know, people have lots of fun with it. Um, and then said there's even uh, like podcasts and so yeah this, you've got this kind of beautiful community that's you know able to have fun with it but also really focused on something important to them right it's got a goal and a philosophy about it and you know I think even a lot of people in the community are passionate about it's having an impact on the kind of the world right 
And um, one thing that you'll you know, if, if you kind of start scratching the surface here, you know, it's Tokipona, language of good. People take this very seriously. They try and always be super accommodating. They always try to be, you know, very politically correct to like to, to the extreme sometimes. They, 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 it's like this extreme focus on they want this to be the language of good. And, you know, I don't always agree with these, like, some of these extreme ideas, but I don't have to. I enjoy it and I appreciate where they come from. And it's just a really good vibe and a good spirit of it. I, I enjoy that. And um, it's like, what sort of ways can people and you have yourself connected with the community? How, how do you get involved, right? <sighs> Unfortunately, so, you know, the, most of the community is, uh, there's a big Reddit thing going on and uh, there's a big YouTube, like there's lots and lots and lots of resources on YouTube. And I would mostly, if people want to learn Tokipana, I highly recommend the 30-day Tokipana challenge. Um, I think that is the, the most effective way of learning Tokipana. And there are, there's other resources online that's very very useful if someone wants to converse with other people or just even socialize discord yeah discord 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 you need to install discord and use discord go on the tokipana um, discord server just join the um the panasona which means uh, giving knowledge a voice channel there and somebody will join and start chatting with you and like give kids that start teaching you to keep on up. You know, obviously you, you can't just rely on people, you have to go and study a little bit yourself. But if you do the 30 day to keep on that challenge, you'll be amazed. But unfortunately, you know, there aren't that many speakers. So sometimes you struggle to find somebody to talk to you. So I think for where the language is right now, you know, you must have an interest in this to kind of get into it. But I think it's an interesting topic. And, you know, you've had some great moments with it, right? You were newborn in the house, uh, which I often go and walk with him in my arms so, you know, while he's sleeping to, to get him to sleep. And then I end up my headset on and then some, and I join the, to the chat room, talking about the chat room on the, um, while I'm walking. And this guy joins, and but he's a, he's a new newcomer. And, you know, it's always nice when there's newcomers because then I can teach them something. Um, and I'm like, oh, where are you from? And he's no, no, no. Is from Antarctica. I'm like, okay, okay. Surely you're not from Antarctica. Like, uh, did you mean Alaska? No, no, no. He's sitting at the research. He's sitting on the research station in Antarctica, and he's kind of now learning Tokipona in his free time. There's nothing better to do. <laughs> interesting I had a chat with him and he's like uh, he studies in Chicago and blah 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 it was was, was quite interesting how often do you get to interact with someone who's staying in Antarctica right (laughs) yes exactly you know it's the thing about when you you kind of enter a new community you meet new people from across the world I've been chatting to there's lots of people from Canada lots of people from the Netherlands for some reason there's other people as well from Chicago um, a whole bunch of people in the US that I've been chatting to and different people of different walks of life right the, one of my favorite people and um, the guy called Jan Simiman uh, he's he's like a delivery guy to the cycles and delivers things with his bicycle it's what he does for a living and <laughs> I'm always when I talk to him it's like well, when last time you, you fell with your bicycle and he's like <laughs> oh, just the other day but you know it's just yeah, you meet some interesting people and yeah and, uh, which is also something I really appreciate. Yeah. By the way, these conversations we have in Tokipana. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, that's so cool, right? Do you get like quite cool stories out of this from people? Like, so what, what sort of conversations sort of go down? Is it just day-to-day um, life? Or? Um, I think, um, like I said, I'm not that active in the Gipona community anymore. A passion of mine, but I, I have to go focus on other things now. But, um, oh, you know, it's just interesting. I've been, they always, uh, so other people always often when I say, oh, you're from South Africa. Oh, how, how? the politics going with all this electricity problems you guys are having and they always ask me about that yeah and then I'm like mm, it's not exactly my pride and joy I want to talk about it now. Uh, yeah and so like so talking point is a sort of cool field almost and uh, and it's a good example of language itself why do you think it's important to learn more languages even generally right how has it enriched your life enrichment the one of the big things that you learn is that you can speak about things in different ways and this is a you know and, and I told you I'm, I'm learning French now and just between Afrikaans English Tokibana and French I can already get a feel for all the different ways you can express yourself and kind of you can just kind of feel how it activates different parts in your brain I feel like I'm doing a really bad job at explaining this but I just find that I think this is maybe the, the really big thing it helps you to get different perspectives, not only on life. If you think, what is a language? A language is a mechanism humans invented to transfer knowledge. It's a it's a protocol, right? It's soft is like it's, soft, it's a protocol humans invented to transfer knowledge from one brain to another brain. But what what does a brain do? A brain is effectively a system that models the world. Right? A language is a way to kind of transfer parts of this model. So because language is a tool that you can use to model the world, if you have different versions of this tool, you can understand different ways to model. And then that helps you to think about problems in different ways and even talk about issues maybe in a more clear way in a deeper way than you normally could have so it's just i'm basically making an enrichment argument it's just to enrich yourself and your being which i think has a lot a lot of value in well-being of yourself i think that's practical applications too i think it's actually helps with problem solving in one study in england a group of european secondary school students studied esperanto for one year then french for three years and ended up with a better command of french than a control group who had studied French for a four-year period. So just having this taste of learning a constructed language can make your other language um, learning abilities can give it a, like a boost um, and a significant boost. So that uh, I thought that's interesting as well. Le- learning a language itself is an ability on top of just learning you know the skills in each language themselves there's a broader sort of skill of being able to problem solve and understand the concepts of different languages exactly if somebody were to learn to want to learn look at Tokipon right now I, I would say the real value they can get out of it is, is the enrichment of it and the community that can get out of it but the big thing is actually just this to, to feel what it feels like to learn a language and to, to, to have this experience of the googly 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 goo turning into oh how are you how are you <laughs> you know where are you from and and that is a very enlightening experience and and also all the songs you listen to these songs oh that's catchy and then suddenly you realize oh, that's what they're singing oh that's really nice i find that really nice yeah, yeah. can 
better understand people around you and just the, the world, right? <laughs> yeah. And the thing is about Tukipana is you can have this experience and it's a very small investment. It is 20 to 30 minutes a day for a month. It's not a big investment in time. If you're going to try and learn a bigger language, it is, you're talking about years. You know, and most people can't invest years. Yeah, I mean, to you could probably just get like get by after a while, but all the the ways you want to, and you know, fluently, and you know, to get really enjoy it to the full extent, there's a big investment to get to that point. But in Tokipona, you can quickly get to that sort of satisfaction. Exactly. Can you highlight the importance of comprehensible input in language acquisition? You know, comprehensible input is this hypothesis of as long as you understand the gist of what of a story of what has been said um then your brain will subconsciously pick up the words and decipher what is going on and you will learn and this is a big it's a little bit of a controversial topic apparently you know um the, the big hotshot names on there's a lot they hate this language learning methodology and not because it's like forbidden knowledge or anything just because they don't think it's effective there has since appeared these language courses online and and these language schools that have been using this methodologies and everybody who who, you, who look at this methodology really really have just good things to say about it okay so let me just talk about the methodology specifically this methodology uh, you know i explained earlier it's basically you listen to stories but you listen to stories in silence and the, and the whole hypothesis is, says listen a one-year-old doesn't speak they just input and they only start speaking when they feel ready to speak and some kids will st- some people will start later some others will earlier but don't try and speak until you feel ready to speak. So the catch is that the content you are learning from has to be interesting and engaging, which is why they wrap it in little stories that you watch or listen to. That's not too long and it's just very cleverly designed to be engaging and not to be exactly on the level that you you need to be. And I can't stress this enough. These people are brilliant. You know how you just sometimes see people do things and you're just like, how on earth did you do that? This is what the way I feel when I look at how they designed these courses. But these people clearly know what they're doing. And there's books written on these topics. So these people clearly did all the research. So these language courses, there's a one language course that I have to give a shout out to. So one I'm using, it's a French course, Alice Ayal, Natural Language Learning. This That's French. There's another course called Dreaming in Spanish. That's for language learning Spanish using um, a comprehensible input. There's a whole bunch of them available, but it's all about the approach. So let's look into the future. Actually, fair enough, um, let's start with uh, language in general. What do you think the future of language is? I, I do think English will keep its dominant position for a long time still, but I think we will see more la- merging of languages. And, and I think it's a natural process of language will keep happening. I think with the formalization of a lot of things, it will move a little bit slower. At the same time, you know, we have all of these sub-communities developing and virtual communities developing and Tokipona and communities popping up all over the show. If one of these things really take hold, who knows, maybe they start holding political power or something. Basically what I'm saying is I think it will go on as before. Even though there's some really dominant languages like English at the moment, I think it's just temporary position. I don't think this, you know, this idea that the whole world will 
in a couple of decades just be coffee color and speaking English. I, I don't think that will happen. I think the natural way of things is just things keep changing, bubble up, bubble down. And so diversity is a good thing. Even though you know English definitely expanded as the Western world has expanded and more adoption, um, cultures are still going to hold to their roots and they're still... Uh, Separate. Yes, but you get American English now, you get South African English, you get American, Australian English, and these things are over time diverging more and more, just slowly, and that will keep happening. Yeah, so eventually it'll all be one big heap. <laughs> cool, and so that on the future of Tokipono? My, my guess is that the word list will probably slowly grow a little bit, maybe to 200, and then they'll, they'll start chopping it. But there's no central authority, it's basically the Sonia Lang who now and then she does these polls to ask, well, are you using this word um, and trying to get data on it? And it, it's quite interesting what, what, what they're doing. Uh, they're analyzing the chats that people are using and uh, what people are writing and they're trying to kind of get a sense of how people are using it. But I think there's such a strong feeling that the, you know, they have to keep the word list as small as possible. I suspect they'll try and do that. So I think in terms of the language, I think it will probably, the language properties, I think it will kind of remain the same. Will the language ever grow as big as Esperanto? I believe so. I think the only reason that why Esperanto is so big at the moment is because it's so old, it's more than 100 years old. Uh, and it had time to kind of be adopted and people find it. If you walk around in Europe, a lot of people have know about Esperanto. People haven't learned it because it's too hard. You know, it's thousands of words you have to memorize. Um, Tokipona is slowly, I think there's a saying of, you know, if you want to catch a wave, you have to catch it on the rise, right? I think Tokipona is in the early days of its rise. And right now people might think it's silly. Maybe it is a little bit silly. I, like I said, I think still the value is the, the enrichment. I think Tokibon has real practical purpose, real practical value. And even if it is just as an artistic language or something, but yeah, I don't know, maybe one of these days it will really grow into hundreds of thousands of speakers. Yeah. What do you think what the next big step would be towards the same? I think, I think the, the big next step would be that if we can convince big-ish organization that is international to have their members learn Tokipona. So let's say, imagine Scientology or something. <laughs> I mean, some, uh, maybe that's the worst possible example. Yeah, yeah, be, well, imagine Tom Cruise in, you know, a movie <laughs> bringing out some Tokipona as his battle cry before, you know, doing the next mission. <laughs> yeah, that might happen. But maybe like school, maybe the scouts, <laughs> I don't know, some organization, and that would kind of bring it to more people attention and be interesting but you know it's one of those things um, at the moment it's more like a toy that people play with but once a big organization start picking it up or school some uh, people might actually just start realizing the values of um, for children development to learn another language you know just to um, make it smarter right? and schools might start teaching it to, to kids and you don't have to make it like a subject for a whole year just a couple of months uh, I'm just saying how many years did you do Afrikaans or, or Zulu or of course or whatever Afrikaans and, went through the schools um, yeah, no exactly and, and like it was not very useful but I mean if you if you do three months of Tokipona six months of Tokipona 
you can be very fluent in Dogipala. And I, I argue that kids will find it fun as well. Yeah, um, kids, kids do like a good challenge and engagement. What do you think the schools would need to do to get, get it right, to not stuff it up as soon as it's where it's just like, oh, you, you do it for a few months and you leave with nothing. Okay, guys, we are going to go on a school trip. And in this school trip, uh, it will be all from different schools. And some of these schools come from places where they don't speak English. So the only way of communication is going to be Dogipala, right? So you have Tokipona camp and then kids will be more motivated to like learn because you know what teenagers find really really hard alienation or you know or not being in, being in the crowd or something <laughs> yeah. well, their friends are speaking it they want to speak it and it's like a little fun little survival weekends don't understand the memes you know if it's like a proper language that's that's really hard but it's something they can really pick up in a month it feels like yeah you can bite off what you can chew right yeah, maybe the parents out there and even schools can think on it, right? So, yeah, you know, it's been great I, I, for you and it could be great for them and their children. I, I Honestly, I think the some of the stuff that they make kids learn in the syllabus at the moment is so pointless. And I'm just saying that one of the big things, and I think it's going to become more and more important in the future, especially with the you know, fourth industrial revolution, is that children will have to be taught to think more abstractly and more high-level thinking of ideas and uh, concepts. And this is something that Tokipona is really actually very good at. And learning a language also helps you to think differently about problems, more abstractly about problems. And I think that is also one of the real value that people can get out of learning a language like Tokipona. Yeah. Why, why do you think like abstract thought is becoming more and more valuable um, in the world? Um, or that type of problem solving? Well, I think it is uh, a harder thing to get right, you know. Everybody can think abstractly. But can you think abstractly in a useful way or in a way that is going to help you solve problems in your job? Uh, you know, there's this idea that first level thinking is kind of just your fear response. Second level thinking is kind of, what are you going to do now? But kind of third level thinking would be kind of, Am I going to, what's one of my biggest strategy in life? What's the things that we want to achieve as a community? What's our bigger ideas, you know? And these are the things that people, even myself, often struggle with and struggle to get right. And I think that's something that, you know, long-term thinking, deeper thinking about things, these are all things that I think can really actually help society. Yeah, Stefan, thanks for being on the show. It was a pleasure. To the listeners out there, thank you for joining us on this eye-opening exploration of Tokipona and the power of language learning. Whether you choose to embark on a journey with Tokipona or explore other linguistic paths, remember that language has an incredible capacity to transform our perspectives and connect us with diverse cultures. Stay tuned for future episodes where we continue to delve into fascinating aspects of landing culture and the power of perspective. Follow us on Instagram at Power of Perspective with Stephen for updates and engaging content. Until next time, embrace the joy of learning, celebrate linguistic diversity, and unlock the hidden potentials within each new language you encounter. Mm-hmm.